Welcome to another episode of the Truths We Hide podcast. Today's guest is Sarah Ankney. She is a Pinterest specialist. She wants to empower your business with a bit of magic to help you get visible. Sarah creates graphics and descriptions as well as manages your Pinterest account so that you can do all the things you need to do and drive traffic to your business. This is a powerful tool for podcasters, YouTubers, coaches, and bloggers. Sarah is a single mom of three amazing girls who loves horror movies and murder mystery TV shows. If you need assistance in your business to get traffic to all of your sites, please contact Sarah Agney to add another powerful marketing tool. Well, good morning, Sarah. How are you doing on this Friday? I am doing well, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, I want to thank you for your patience and for scheduling time to be on here today. I know that life just gets in the way. I know it's been like that with me. I think I'm actually coming down with some my allergies are kicking me my butt today. So um, thank you. Thank you for, for being on here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, tell us about yourself. My name is Sarah Inkney. I am a Pinterest specialist and I also help with other social media online. So I'm basically a done for you service, but about my background, um, I am an army brat. Uh, my parents, uh, well, my dad was in the army. Um, so I've kind of lived all over the place because even after he got out of the army, we were we were kind of vagabonds just traveling all over the place. I've lived in Arizona, New Jersey, Nebraska, but I'm from Pennsylvania and that's where I'm currently residing. I have three amazing kids, um, all girls. So it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, I have a degree in marketing and associates and I've been in business about three years, but I've come to talk about my bipolar and I was diagnosed right when I was in college the first time, and it was very, very rough. Um, I've been diagnosed for, I was 21, so a little over 20 years, and it's been difficult. Um, for the longest time, I was one of those, you sat on the couch and did nothing because I was so depressed I couldn't move. Um, I'm now into my own business and getting myself on my feet per se, and, uh, just getting forward on what I'm doing in my life. Oh my goodness. What? So you said the first time is in college yeah. is when you were diagnosed? Yeah. I've gone to college twice. The first time I was going for natural sciences, I was in my junior year when I was diagnosed. Um, and it actually stopped me from going to college. Uh, yeah. So I was like two classes away from graduating and I just could not get myself to get out of bed to go to class. Um, it was horrible. It didn't help that I was in a bad relationship at the time. So, uh, depression and life took over and I did not complete it. I regret it now. Had I <laughs> finished I would have had a bachelor's of science in natural sciences and probably being a research scientist somewhere. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, which I absolutely love. And I think that was what I was actually meant to do. That's amazing how um, life 
doesn't work the way that you had planned, but then it goes into a direction where you're, you have your, your aha moment, like, oh, well, maybe this is what I really wanted to do. It's just, it's, I've heard, I've heard so many stories about people's life just taking this huge turn where it's unexpected, but it's actually been better for them. So that's, that's amazing how, how that happened. But how did you, how, what was your reaction when you were, were diagnosed with it? Did you know anything about it beforehand? Did you do more research? What, tell us about what, what was going on? Well, I think the first thing that really amazed me yeah. is when the doctor's like, you shouldn't be in a relationship. I was like, what, what are wow. you talking about? He's like, until you're stable, you shouldn't be in a relationship. It's kind of like um, AA where they say not to be in a relationship for a while. Yeah, right. And I looked at him like he was completely nuts because a lot of people don't understand with bipolar comes severe self-esteem issues. And at that time I was very codependent. So I was like, I cannot not be in a relationship. Um, the more I tried, the more I landed in relationships. Um, and I was in a really bad one and I stayed with him for a long time. And I thought that, you know, nobody else could love me because, you know, who wants to love somebody with bipolar? Um, but it was, it was interesting because my family doesn't understand mental illness. So that was a challenge all in its own. Right. And then it's a challenge when you're going and you're carrying 19 credit hours to complete your degree and you're working full time. And it just, I hit a wall. I hit a major depression when I was diagnosed because I thought who's going to love me. I can't do anything. This is never going to change. So why bother? Oh my goodness. I, well, I'm sorry that he used the words until you're stable because that's kind of, um, that's hard to, to hear. Uh, especially when you're, when you're just trying to get by, I, um, yeah, I, I hate that. What, so if you weren't able to talk to your family, who were you able to talk to? Uh, for the longest time, I did not talk to anybody about what was going on. I just ended up getting further and further into the depression. Um, cause including the relationship I was in at the time, he didn't understand. He, in fact, he used it against me. Oh. Um, I've had it used against me multiple times. The only difference is now I'm like, you know, just because I have a diagnosis doesn't mean that that is why I'm doing what I'm doing in it. You know, it's all in my head. I love that expression. It's all in your head. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a challenge. Um, and I wish I had found someone different to give me the diagnosis at the time and more supportive. And I wish I had a more supportive environment. Now I have support, which has helped. Um, and it has changed my life or else I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Um, in fact, after I was diagnosed, three of my family members were diagnosed. So, um, I think once that they got diagnosed, they understood more and I've had more of a supportive environment, but I think a lot of people don't understand until it happens to them. Right. 
so did you when you found out that your other family members were diagnosed what did you how what did you do was it is it genetic is it bipolar can be genetic but it also can be triggered by um traumatic events um so i think um i was good until i had been raped in college and it triggered it so for each person it can be triggered differently i think it was always there because i've always been depressed as long as i can remember i remember thinking at nine years old i don't want to be here anymore which is sad for a nine-year-old to feel that way but i think what really set it off for me was that rape and once that happened um just as any rape victim it it sets off doubts about yourself it sets off doubts about who you are it sets off doubts about what you think about yourself so once those doubts creeped in it allowed the bipolar to kind of just like yeah i got you (laughs) that's how i put it yeah i got you not in a good way um but it took a long time fighting back to get where I'm at. Uh, I've been in business for three years. Um, I started my, you know, massive journey like seven years ago. Um, took a lot of work, a lot of mindset work to get where I'm at. And I still have bad days. Not going to lie. There's days I just want to stay in bed. Um, but then I remember about the three kids and, oh, you can't just stay in bed. How did your kids react when you told them that you were diagnosed with bipolar well my kids are 18 and under so they've always known i've never hid it from them yeah because i wanted them to understand that this is not something i can always control um and that there's going to be good days there's going to be bad days and um my kids are very supportive thank heaven um, there's days they're like, I wish you didn't have this mom. Sometimes it makes it really difficult for us. And I'm like, I know. Um, cause along <laughs> with it, I have anxiety. So for example, yesterday I wanted to go to the store and I just could not get myself to get in the car to go to the store. I don't know what the deal was. I just was like, Nope, not happening. Um, eventually my oldest is like, I'll go with you. I'm like, okay. So we all ended up going. So it took somebody just coming with me for me to be able to go to the store. Yes. Um, but that's a whole other issue. But it is, you know, the bipolar goes along with the anxiety. A lot of people that have bipolar have anxiety because you feel like everybody's staring at you and knows that, oh, I have bipolar. When, when in reality, it's the same thing as diabetes. Nobody knows that you have it yeah. unless you talk about it. Right. Um, that that's amazing. First of all, about your kids, uh, I know that's such a a hard thing to do to see your parent suffering, and then, but by you being honest, that I think that's huge. Uh, it, it took me many many years to finally tell my kids that I was suffering. You, they just thought I was, um, losing my mind. Like I would have, you know. I would rage. I would yell about the littlest things. Mm-hmm. I'd freak out. I had no patience. I didn't want to leave the house. I don't want to do anything. Leave me alone. I was not pleasant, but I didn't know why. Until I finally started 
sharing my story to the doctors and they're like okay this is this is probably why this is what's going on and you know etc but it, yeah that's difficult so I I commend you for for speaking up about it when were you when did you feel you were in that finally in that space to where you could say look I, I'm I'm bipolar and this is what's going on well, I didn't even realize I first went in because after I was raped, I was severely depressed. And I first went in and the first diagnosis I got was actually clinically depressed. Um, and that was the first place I went to. And I was in Nebraska at the time. Um, and it was a small clinic. So I think they were doing the best they could, but nobody realized I had the bipolar until they put me on Prozac and I stayed up for like two weeks straight. Oh my gosh. Because I wasn't on a mood stabilizer with it. Oh. I was just on the antidepressant. So it threw me the opposite direction. And when they realized it threw me the opposite direction, that's when I got the diagnosis. So some people may not understand that sometimes it just, it forms as just mania or it forms just as just depression. And if that's the case, you don't always know that there's something else going on. Um, like in my case, they thought I was just severely depressed and that wasn't the case. Um, and it took years for them really even to get the right meds. And then of course there's still med adjustments later on because you get tolerant to it. Uh, and you have to be vigilant about taking your meds because if you don't take your meds, then you end up in a wacko zone, as I call it, I call it the wacko zone <laughs> where I'm going up and down and all around and screaming and yelling and then crying and then being happy it's it's like a crazy it's definitely like you know the roller coaster ride that it is right when did you so you say you started your this business three years ago so how did that begin when did you decide you know what I'm gonna this is what I want to do I'm gonna go after it okay so originally I started as my neighbor kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me to join her direct sales team. I love her to uh -huh. death, but I was like, she's like, it's a buck this month. I'm like, okay, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just okay, why not? I can do it online from home. Not a huge deal. So I was doing that for like a year and I was just so miserable. I was like, I just, this is not for me. I'm like, I'm spending, you know, X, Y, Z dollars and getting like maybe 10% back this is not working for me. And at that point I decided I wanted to go to school for business. And believe me, originally I would have never thought of going to school for business at all. <laughs> um, and while I was doing that, I realized that because I was with the company I was with, I learned a lot of organization techniques. And so I started organizing my house and it started making me feel better. Huh. And I was like, you know, I never realized that clutter has to do a lot with your mindset. Yeah. And it does. If your house is cluttered, look at your mindset. You are listening to the Truths We Hide podcast with Sarah Ankney, a Pinterest account manager. But she talks about having bipolar and just getting through life. Thankfully, she has her amazing children and her new business that are helping her as she learns to live with being bipolar. So the mindset was all 
like that's really where I started getting the mindset like really really intact that was like five years ago and I just started I was starting to go to school I started coaching people on how to get organized and helping them clear in their mindset well the further I got along the more research I'm doing I changed my business multiple times. Don't, you know, don't get wrong, me wrong. Business is hard and eventually you just nail it. Um, but it takes some finagling and knowing exactly what you want to do. And at that point I was still, I have no clue. So I just, I was coaching people on how to be more confident how to feel better about themselves, how to clean the clutter out of their, their house and their minds. And I was like, you know what? I love social media. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I don't like doing it for myself, but I like doing it for other people. And that's how I landed on exactly what I wanted to do. But it it's a journey. It's a process. And I think I'll still go through processes. Um, it's like an onion. You keep peeling back the layers. And as you peel back the layers, something else changes. So I think we all have a purpose in life. And sometimes that purpose evolves as we evolve. Yes, absolutely. So now you, well, first I, I love that you, you help people with that. I know that I, um, I have clutter. I have tried so hard to let go and I've spoken about this quite a few times. I n- never really thought I was a hoarder and I'm not, my kids used to say, make fun of me when we watch those shows, mom, I think. I think you're a hoarder, but I, you know, I'm really, I don't think I am because I don't have that much stuff, but I do have little piles of stuff that I've collected over the years or when I used, you know, I joined those MLMs and then like you said, you, you spend more money than you even make back and so stuff like that. So now it, it, it overwhelms me when I try and, and go and get rid of stuff. I get overwhelmed quickly and I get so upset and I just, I stop. And I have to go sit on the couch and watch something because I, I'm so stressed out. So that, that is huge because it does affect your mind. (laughs) Well, at least you have a a, a happy baby in the background. That's not my baby. (laughs) That is actually my ringtone. Oh, (laughs) I forgot to shut that off because I was supposed to be on the phone. (laughs) It happens. It happens, but that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> like a cute one and not an annoying one. A little side note, I had I used to have uh crazy bitch as my ringtone. And it went off in church. So yeah. <laughs> Ringtones oh. like to go off on amazing little tangents for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. My daughter likes to FaceTime me right in the middle of a recording. And so I'm quickly shutting it off or she'll call me back. I'm like, no, I have to send her a text real quick. I'm on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Just, and my mom does that too. She'll me while I'm in the middle of something like, oh my God, I need to put a do not disturb on everything. Um, So I get it. (laughs) So yeah, I, that's how, so how, how do you help people with that? Well, I always tell people you're going to get overwhelmed and that's, it's okay to be overwhelmed because you look at it and you're like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. I don't know what to do. So I tell people there's five piles you can create. Okay. First pile is your keep pile. That's stuff you absolutely cannot, you know, 
do away with. Like, you know, say it's a pair of diamond earrings. We'll just, we'll go with your jewelry box, just as an example. Because I don't know about you, but I collect jewelry. I have to go through it. Me too. (laughs) So, you know, it's the diamond earrings you got, say, for an anniversary present. You know what I mean? It's something that's really special to you. Of course, you're going to keep that, right? Right. Then you have the garbage pile. It's jewelry that maybe you got and it was like not it broke whatever but for some reason you kept it because you thought you could fix it yes i have that (laughs) um that's your throwaway pal the the third pal is your giveaway pal so this is stuff that you know maybe somebody else you could do you could re-gift you know what i mean so see it's a pair of earrings you just never wore that you would never ever wear that you bought you thought you'd like at the time but you just you just would never wear Put that right. in a pile as a gift pile because why not repurpose it instead of just throwing it in the garbage? Yes. Then you have your pile that you give away to like, you know, your Goodwill, um, maybe, you know, some place that deals with army services or whatever. Right. You're, and then the last pile is the throwaway pile. Not the throwaway pile is the let me think about it pile. This is uh-huh. stuff that like, say... I don't know about you, but my grandma used to give me the ugliest sweaters ever. (laughs) They were the ugliest sweaters, but you felt bad for wanting to throw it out. Yes. Or you bought a new blender, but you never really used it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I do that all the time. So what I do is I stick it in a box and I mark it for six months later. And then I set a notice on my calendar to go check that box. I haven't pulled anything out of that box. It's time to put it in one of the uh, the other three piles. Whether you give it away, sell. It. I mean, you can even sell stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. Um, any of those other piles that isn't staying in your house. So that's that how I work. decide what I'm keeping and what I'm giving away, what I'm selling, whatever. Um, and I like the six month box just for the simple fact that if I'm undecided, I can put it in there. And six months later, I know if I haven't grabbed it, why am I holding on to this? It's just sitting here in a pile. Right. And I think that helps some people that have that issue of giving stuff away because then you have to sit there and think, well, I haven't touched it in six months. Right. What's the purpose? The other thing I tell people is if they're having a hard time getting organized and not being able to clean out those little piles because we all have them, those little piles of stuff that's just sitting in a corner and we don't know what to do with, set a five-minute timer and do the pile issue. And then once you're done, make sure you take the garbage out to the garbage. You put the stuff in the car that's going to the Goodwill. Put the stuff in a box that's for, you know, gifts or whatever. Put it away. Don't let it sit there in a pile. And you got five minutes and you I guarantee you've cleaned out that corner in five minutes. That's good. Yeah. I had a friend come over to help me with my closet because I used to buy all these clothes and they were still sitting in there with tags on. So she would, I'd pick out a pile and then she'd give me 30 seconds to decide if I even hesitated. She's like, then you don't need it. But, but, but. <laughs> yeah. The other option for that is, is if you're doing it by yourself, because sometimes we don't have somebody going, you know, in her yeah. ear. Right. Is we all put our, I don't know about you, but I put all my hangers in one direction. Oh, yes. Put them in the opposite direction. And then 
after a while, if you haven't touched it, do the six month thing again. If you haven't touched it, that's when you know it's time to give it away. Yes. That's a good idea as well. I did that for a while and I stopped. Now I'm like, okay, if I, I know which clothes I go to all the time. And then there's mm-hmm. those, those sets where you just don't feel like wearing it for the fifth time. Okay. Then it needs to go. Right. <laughs> just, I still haven't worn it. I still don't grab it. So obviously I don't want to wear it. Um, so how do you, the social media aspect, so you, through Pinterest. I do do Pinterest. What I do is like, for example, your podcast, I help you get it put up on Pinterest with a graphic and it directs them directly to each episode with each graphic. Um, And it helps get downloads. It helps get uh, more visibility, create your influence, possibly get sponsors if they like what they hear. Um, I know I've helped uh, one of my clients increase his downloads, increase his subscription rate. Um, he also has a blog. So if you have content like a blog that can go up there, content like videos can go up there, um, products can go up there. There's so many possibilities with Pinterest. I think it's just an untapped resource that many people don't know about. Um, it's social media and a search engine all in one. And if you do the SEO right on it, it'll pop up in the Google search that's awesome that is really i know a lot of people that i I talk to when they ask me well how do you promote yourself and i'll mention pinterest as one of the the places and they'll say oh i don't even think about pinterest because they only think of pinterest as a a go-to place for food or clothes or you know but they don't think about the other things and how you can link your website or your you know whatever the case so it is, it's not, it's not utilized as much as it should be nowadays because everybody goes to Pinterest. Well, and I had some lady go, I was in a challenge. She goes, well, you can't use Pinterest for business. And I wanted to go, not true at all. In fact, I taught myself a lot about the social media on Pinterest. Um, I taught myself a lot about business on Pinterest because even though I went to classes for it, that's not real world life experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, there is garbage out there. Of course, like any platform, there's garbage out there. So you have to be careful. But you could teach yourself how to do a podcast on there. Yeah. You could teach yourself how to have a Twitch channel on there. That's amazing. Yeah, there's so many possibilities. I mean, it's just like Google. Type it in. You'll find it. And now they're adding hashtags so you can hashtag it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, then. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you offline about that because that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And, and it, yeah, that's not true. There's a, there's so many little businesses on Pit, that's being promoted on, on Pinterest. So it's, there's always a way. There's there's so many different options nowadays. It's, it's incredible. There's 200 million users on there and 80% have bought something. So that's why not use it? Yeah, why yeah. not use it? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So where, where can people find you if they want to know about your business or have you help them? Um, 
Sarah Ankney Pinterest Specialist for podcast business podcasters. It's a Facebook page. Um, currently, my website is under construction. It's been under construction for months. Um, I've gone through several website people. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to that, that I want it to look good. Um, sure. You can also reach me out at Sarah Ankney on Facebook. Um, you know, my email address is sassy at sarahinkney.com. You're welcome to email me. Uh, so that's the three ways you can contact me. That's awesome. I'm so amazed. And I'm just proud of you for coming, for being where you're at today. I, I know it's been such a journey for you, but you just sound, you sound happy and that you love what you're doing. And I think that's so important. And I think it's amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here because I believe that people need to feel inspired so that they know they can do it too. And all of anybody can do what I'm doing. It just takes time and effort. And what's great about be having a business online is you can work around your schedule of when you're not feeling great. That's true. And now that you have, shared your story people can know that it it takes time but it can you can mm -hmm. get there yeah it's i it's three years in and i'm still not where i want to be but that's okay i'm further along than i was when i started that's awesome i love that you said that it it's it is okay to not be okay you just need to take a break mm -hmm. and you go right back to it but it's obvious that you are on the path that you're supposed to be on and i think that's that's such a great thing. It, it, it absolutely is. I thank you so much, Sarah, for being on here. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for doing what you do. I definitely want to talk to you at another day, another, another point to, to learn more about this. There is so many opportunities out there. We just need to open up our eyes and our minds to receive that knowledge. It, it's so often that we're, we seclude ourselves and we're like, no, I could do it myself. Sometimes it's okay to ask for help and say, Hey, how did you do that? How did you get to where you're at? You know, how can, how can we work together? So that's, I love it. And bless your kids for, for being amazing kids to their mom. And that's such a good, I love this story. I love that you're, you are at where you are at. Oh, thank you. And I believe your story is amazing too. And I appreciate everything you do. Oh, thank you. Just like you, it's, it's been a journey, but I believe that this is where I'm supposed to be. And, um, I'm, I'm much better, much better than I was three years ago. <laughs> oh, so happy for you. <laughs> thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to you again, Sarah. All righty. You have thank a great you. day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast created by A Wild Ride Called Life. To find out more about our mission, visit www.awildridecalledlife.com.